All right. Gently move some furniture around here. If anybody's seen my gong, let me know. We are a community that likes to put things in different locations every week, and that's one of our unique characteristics. And as the minister here, I'm, I'm done looking for stuff because I've wasted too much time on that. According to the feedback I get, killing rats and mice, and we don't have any rats, and looking for stuff. Rats are all gone. There we go. Hey, there we go. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. I should have just asked nicely rather than gone through that whole spiel. So I will do a cue card on the gong finding when I get home. That's not who I came here to be. But once in a while, we go off the rails, right? I look down and went, mm, gong's gone again. It's a busy place. All right. So welcome. Happy Canada Day. I almost did red. I went pink just because... It was closer than the red shirt that uh, in the closet. So here we are. I'm going to sound a gong. I'm going to let us drop into the silence. Thank you so much for getting up early today. If you're normally with us at 11:30, let's uh, just revel in the the connection that we make uh, when we're together. It wouldn't be the same without you. And so we honor that, we give thanks, I'll sound the gong, I will sing a chant that many of you know, please join me if you don't, let it be the, just the soundtrack of the moment as we move into 30 seconds of silence, or as we come out of 30 seconds of silence. So sound the gong and let's drop into our hearts. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So know with me, and I invite you to allow my words to be your words in this moment, and if they don't fit, just let them wash over you. But what I affirm and know on behalf of our gathering today is there's one life, one activity, the source of all. That life, that source, is our life. It lives and moves and has its being through us. And as we partner with it in our own awareness, our own healthy-mindedness, our own welcome, it requires a welcome. And so to move down from our heads to our hearts, 
to feel our hearts expanding, imagining our hearts breathing and connecting because that is what's happening in this moment for many. We move into that parasympathetic nervous system of compassion, of love, of opportunity, of wholeness, of beauty and joy. And so I know that each one of us is gifted this day and each moment hereafter as we've, we have set the table and we've shown up in love, who we've come here to be. Who have you come here to be? What is awakening within you? ever becoming, living in the infinite possibility, to understand that there's nothing and no one against us. To stand in that invincible and eternal grounded state of wholeness, integrating all of it, the light and the dark, our fear and our joy, because it is all God, it is all good. So we are part of that tribe giving birth to something new and powerful upon this planet. And so this day I'm so grateful to bring information, inspiration, insight, clarity and wisdom to the journey that we're on, to ground ourselves to know that all is well and that we are right where we should be, each and every one of us doing our part, that we could have come no other way. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Beautiful, beautiful day. It's Canada Day. So, my, my, my cue card, and my cue card is the, is the qualities that I've come here to be. So, my shadow card, I'm going to share with you first. You'll see it up on the screen. The, the request is, please have compassion for me when I show up on my shadow card, which is flawed, lack, stupid, alone, self-centered, and fearful, because this is who I've come here to be. Brilliant, creative, generous, whole, love-free, and I'm going to add invincible, because we're all invincible. And we get to decide who we've come here to be. And so last week, I, I want to touch briefly on some of the things I shared last week and build upon it. I want to share with you a, a cultural patterning system that's been around for a number of years. I think it's really valuable because when we have insight and we have awareness, awareness is key. And so then we can live our lives in, a, in, a, in an altered and expanded perspective. So today is the idea of our evolving paradigm, and we're part of that. We're part of this culture, and we're on the leading edge of the evolving paradigm. So there's a wonderful book. We have nine copies. I counted it before I came up here to start this off by Sylvia Bornstein, and it's called It's Easier Than You Think, and it's a wonderful little book. And she writes in here about enlightenment. Anybody here interested in enlightenment? Yeah, a couple of folks. Awesome. Well, she says when she started to practice meditation in the early 70s, it was hip. Everybody was meditating. Every weekend you could take a workshop in another, for, in another form of meditation. The advertisements for the workshop usually suggested that at the end of the weekend you'd be totally enlightened. Anybody gone to that workshop? <laughs> yeah. Been there, bought the t-shirt, all that. I remember once going to a party that looked like a regular party people t with regular party people talking, visiting, and laughing. And in the middle of, of uh, sat a woman with a strange look on her face, eyes closed, face serene, totally tuned out from the whole scene. Somebody leaned over to me and said, look at her, she's enlightened. And I thought to myself, if that's what enlightenment is, I don't want it. What I did want, at least for a while, were exotic powers. Anybody like the exotic powers? I've heard extraordinary stories of people who could biolocate or levitate. And sometimes as I sat on my cushion and experienced an unusual lightness in my body, I imagined I was about to levitate. I hoped I would. 
I thought it would be far out, a far-out thing, rising up off the cushion and floating in the air. And I think I was also influenced by a story my grandfather told me about my grandmother, a woman who had died when I was nine years old. I knew her as a sickly old woman, but my grandfather remembered her as a very beautiful woman. He had married when she was 18 years old. He told me she was so beautiful that she glowed in the dark. She glowed in the dark. And he's told me that he really meant that. He said, yes, she really did. He said, at my nephew Murray Fox's wedding, the hall was lit with gaslight because it was before electricity. So it was quiet and dark. And everyone said, look, at Fischl's wife, she shines in the dark. I held that as a wonderful, luminous memory, and it was ideal. What I wanted to achieve from my meditation practice was to shine in the dark. I think a lot of us in the early days wanted magic. My Buddhist meditation teachers, whom I met in 1977, talked about enlightenment, not about magic. They talked about seeing clearly and how it could mean happiness at the end of suffering. That sounded like the kind of magic I wanted most. So I love the story, and this book is full of these great little vignettes. So if you're drawn to this book, grab one. We've had them for a long time. I was going to use it for the book of the month a couple years ago, and we got sidetracked or we went with something else. But... I picked this up and I said, this is a little gem here, little, little vignettes in here. Um, we're gonna, um, but anyway, the point being is this, this seeing clearly is really enlightenment. And so the journey we're on is to see clearly and to see our own lives clearly. And so some of the, the ideas that I want to share with you and build on what we talked about last week, I'm going to do a quick review and then I'm going to talk about, so this is going to build next week, uh, I'll talk about the tier two which is part of the spiral dynamics. And I want to give this to you in a way that is simple, it's understandable. I'm not trying to overwhelm you with, with information. So if you feel overwhelmed, I will share my notes with you. We're going to talk about this. It's going to be part of our language. When I first heard about spiral dynamics 20 years ago, I had no clue what they were talking about. I just uh, this is way too heady for me. And I couldn't grasp it. But in prayer and in my own research, I think that I'm... I'm up to the task of sharing with you what I think is, is possible. So this idea last week, we talked about this catac- cataclysmic evolutionary catalyst. We live in such chaotic times, if you've noticed. This, this idea that... that this, and so what, what spurs evolution and growth is this cataclysm. It's the chaos many times. It's the system's not working anymore. And so I want to track with you today... Um, what that looks like, because these beautiful men that, that compiled Spiral Dynamics, which is just a, a, a system of, of, of looking at the patterns of cultures, uh, have put together, and it's, it's a beautiful perspective. Because as we look at the daily news, as we read it, it's, it's all a lot of uh, uncertainty, to say the least. So last week I shared with you Jungian scholar Alice O. Howell, and what she said, I won't read it to you again, but it's, it's in my notes if you'd like to have a copy of it. But what Alice had done is she is a Jungian uh, scholar and she's also an educator. So she's taught history her whole life. And what she basically said is that if you look back at history and track the shifts and changes that have gone on, you have an insight and a perspective. And at, at certain times in our history, key people have come together. Uh, spiritual people, artists, painters, philosophers... People from all walks of life have come together. They find one another. And and in finding one another and creating this this collaboration, it gives birth to something that we've never experienced before. 
So I guess the question I would ask you and ask myself is, is it even possible to make a paradigm shift or to create a new future that goes beyond what is happening right now? Yeah, absolutely, it always has. So the worst, the worst, even though it looks the worst it's ever been, perhaps for you, this is the way this works. And so the spiral dynamics thing is a, is a, is a, it is a spiral. There we are. That's, that's what it looks like. And I'm going to talk about some colors today. I'm going to talk about the tier one. Next week, I'm going to talk about tier two. And I'm going to talk about the qualities of, of being. So t- tier one, it's right. Tier one is um, about behaviors. It's about doing. Tier two is about being. And so what we're doing as a community is we are giving birth to tier two community. And I'll talk to you about some of the practices that we're using that were very intentional and you see in in the things that we share each week. So spiral dynamics is a combination of the bio, the psycho, and the social systems. So it's a combination of biological, social, psychological. It tracks cultural development, patterns of growth. And so this cultural development is also mirrored in our individual development. So what's happening culturally is happening within us. So I want you to keep that in mind. And this is not right or wrong. There's not one cultural pattern better than another. It's it's, it's using the example of toddler to adolescent. There's nothing wrong with being a toddler. If you're an adolescent, you have a little few more skills. But both are important. You have to have both. So when we, I introduced this stuff a number of years ago, we did the Enneagram, and I had people getting upset with me because they didn't want to be categorized. This isn't about sticking you in a category. This is about understanding. This is about integration, taking it all with us from the beginning to the end to give birth because that's what wholeness requires. That's why we're doing the cue over and over and over again, and I'm doing it, and I'm reading my cue card with you because we have to integrate all of it. So the things that I read, please have compassion for me on my shadow card. I've got to love them just as much as I love the qualities that bring me to life. And, and so that's about integration, that's about wholeness. If you read the Science of Mind textbook, Dr. Martin, uh, Dr., I was gonna call him Martin Luther King, uh, Dr. Ernest Holmes writes about wholeness quite often. So it's a cultural patterning system, and it's based on biological, psychological, and the social system. So they use the term memes, and meme is a, a value meme. And value means is a culture is to culture as genes are to an organism. So it's just a way to measure the meme. So these, pa- these patterns of growth are considered memes. This, that I'm going to go through the colors with you this morning. Yeah, but they, they are just a, a, um, a system of measurement based on characteristics and values. So let me expand a little bit on meme. A meme is to culture as genes are to organism. And it refers to hidden socially shared value systems which influence a view of life, our worldview. We're talking about hereditary patterns, cultural codes, social beliefs that we share in our civilization. Every one of these memes includes and transcends the previous one, just as in physical evolution. But it doesn't mean we leave it. We integrate it and take it with us. That's the healthy piece. And I'll I'll talk about some of the characteristics that show up if we haven't integrated because we all have, we, we, and it gives us a perspective on that. So as we move through the spiral, you begin to notice that the developmental context moves from I to we and back again. So each time this cultural shift takes place, it is about my individual growth, and then all of a sudden we move back to group. And, I, and we'll track that again today. So back and forth from individual to collective, the imperative shifts from being about we to being about us, being about me to being about us. 
And we can't skip any of these stages as a culture and individually. We have to have them all. So they're all necessary for our healthy development. None of them are bad or better or worse, just as the adolescent, as I said, is not better than a toddler. They are just further along on their evolutionary track, just as all of us are on our own track, and each of these memes have healthy and unhealthy aspects. The goal is to be healthy wherever we find ourselves on the spectrum. So it's just about health, being in the vibrancy and the health, and that is our opportunity. And we're so blessed to have this information to give us a context in a time of such chaos, to give us perspective. So the first six memes are known as the first tier. And we're going to get us, there they are, and we're going to leave that up for quite a while because I'm going to work with that. And they're, they're, they're designated with colors. And they're about, they are about doing. <clears throat> and the, other, the second tier, which I'll talk about next, are about being. There's a natural tension between the memes in first tier. So basically, we struggle with people in another meme. And so as I expand and give you some descriptions of, of what the memes look like, you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying. So the first tier memes. Let's go back prehistory. We, we encounter beige. And beige is survival, where the order of the day was just to subsist. Survival is the unrelenting purpose of this worldview. Beige is considered reactive. And how do we see it today? We see it today... Uh, in refugee camps, when there's a, or a natural disaster, an earthquake, tornado, you see that. People are there in survival mode. These people that have been, that have, that have in mass come out of the Middle East and, and migrated to various countries. They're in that beige. Uh, it's with street people. It's with drug addiction. It's that when we discover that we cannot survive on our own anymore, we shift into a, another meme. So the beige is 250,000 years ago. And so about 50,000 years ago, purple showed up. Purple shifts us from individual to the safety of the group, from I, the beige, survival, to the group. So we get together in a group because we're safer. We have, we have tribes that hunt together, go find things. Purple is, um, so beige says, I survive. Purple says, I belong. Purple is about magical thinking, superstition, rites of passage emerge from the world of you. In purple, if we have a volcano, we have a natural disaster, what people would do in purple is they would, so a volcano erupts, we would find somebody to throw in the volcano as a sacrifice to appease the gods. It's about superstition. It's pre, so how does it show up today? Well, it's pre-game rituals, you know? It's wearing your lucky team underwear. Anybody here have lucky team underwear? Athletes, company uniforms, gangs are another form of that. Street gangs are purple. The I belong, because I, we, we want to belong somewhere. So it's interesting to know, and it's interesting to see when we're in purple, when we're in beige. So in our individual development with, with purple, we are talking about toddlerhood, where the toddler believes that by covering their eyes that you, we won't be able to see them. My two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter loves to play peekaboo. And so I'll say, go hide, and then she'll cover her eyes, and she'll count to ten. And then I have to go find her when she hasn't left the room. <laughs> but it's a great example of purple. I can't see you, so you can't see me. It's magical thinking. One of the characteristics of first-tier thinking is the inability to understand the meme that we're heading into and the belief that the people in the meme that we've just left are too dumb to get it. This is one of the outstanding characteristics. Oh, they're, they're too stupid. 
And the belief that the, the meme we're into is the very best one. And the biggest roadblock to moving forward and evolving is this idea that the meme we're in is the very best one. So I'm going to get to our meme, our cultural meme here in a few minutes. So we got beige, we got blue, and then we move into red. Or purple. Purple. I just did purple. We're moving into red. So red shows up about 10,000 years ago. And with it comes autonomy, self-sovereignty. Red shifts us from we, our tribe, to the individualistic me. So we go back to the, the individual. Personal power, brute force, distinct from the tribe, being our own person, taking action. Red energy is impulsive, taking risk, leadership, power of the warrior, has an aversion to conforming and challenging authority, the arena of the hero, survival of the fittest. And red says, I matter. I'm important. Historically, we can find landowners, when they start to move into red, where it used to be, it's all our land, to say, no, it's my land. I'm in charge here. It's where we find slavery, warlords offering protection, the Wild West. Red means dragons to slay. Developmentally, it's necessary because it's the, the emergence of the ego. And if, you haven't, if you've ever been in a power struggle with a three-year-old, you have experienced red energy. That's what it is in terms of developmental. Then 5,000 years ago, blue emerged. And blue, the pendulum swings from mayhem and lawlessness to group structure, the order of law. We see this, we see this in our politics. You know, we've got to have structure and order and law and respect the law. With the appearance of the established rule of law and religious law, order-driven authority structures. Interesting that during this time period, now this is the 8th to the 3rd century before the Common Era. So this is before Jesus showed up. But what was happening then, 8th to 3rd century BCE, before the Common Era, many spiritual masters and teachers rose up, including the Buddha, Plato, Socrates, Elijah, Jeremiah, Lao Tzu. This time period was a time of great social change. It was known as the Axial Period. By Axial, we mean referring to an Axial as it's turning. Something is turning in a big way. From this period comes the Eightfold Path, right thinking, moral teachings from the prophets on the right way to live, institutionalizing of religious beliefs, loyalty and obedience, obedience are rewarded, following the rules, and you'll get to heaven. And there's a strong belief that there is a right way to do it. So when we're in blue, this, we love this idea that there's a right way to do it. And you know what way that is? Our way. Isn't it great to understand that, though? When we're, when we're looking at people that are so entrenched in a, in a way of being and doing, this is more about doing than being, Gives us a perspective to understand, well, they're just in blue. And we get to decide whether we want to, because, see, blue can serve us well at times. We could be blue in, our, in, our, in our, um, our home, and we could be green in our spiritual community, and we could be orange at work. So to understand that and call it up rather than being tossed and turned by the environment and people telling us who we are and what we should be. Anyway. So loyalty and obedience are rewarded. We follow the rules, we get to heaven. So blue shows up today as being very conservative, very traditional. It's banks, it's police, it's military, it's schools. And in this, we're going back to the group again. So blue is our group. With blue, you'll hear people say, you're with us or you're against us. And if you're with us, you're okay. A different culture or religion, eh, not so much. You know, 
They want to come into our country. They don't, they don't look like us. That's, a, that's that blue idea. It is here we learn the cultural norms. The social rules become internalized, and we don't even know we're following them. But guilt and shame are big and blue. They show up when we stray off the path. Blue says, I do the right thing. I do the right thing. And therefore, I've done the right thing I deserve because I've done the right thing. And then orange comes along. And orange takes the blue rules and it explores them. So orange is about effectiveness. It replaces morals as the yardstick of measuring success. Orange is about achievement, progress, the ability to imagine new possibility. It is growth for the sake of growth. It comes into being about 300 years ago. It's also scientific innovation. The emergence of scientific thought, democracy, the industrial revolution, progress, optimism. There's an aspiring to a better life now. It's a free market. Orange has more strategic calculating actions. It's mechanistic, performance and reward orientated. The belief that we can cause change to happen shows up. Exploration, innovation, enterprising, rational thinking. But there's a lack of the humanistic approach. Feelings don't figure into the planning. It's materialistic. Spirituality is suspect because it cannot be measured. I know many people like that. I went to, to university with a number of people like that. There's a danger of exploitation, of overconsumption. It's Wall Street gone wild, growth for growth's sake. And we see that. That is the way the standard business model and the corporate structures are set up in the Western world. It's orange. So when we understand it, I think it gives us a, a bit more perspective. We was talking to somebody earlier about Steve Sandy. Steve's on holiday, but he's got all the raffles going, right? Steve's got a lot of orange energy. I'm telling you, he's orange, orange, orange. I'm going to get him some orange T-shirts, I think. But so what I get to do with Steve is always say, hey, come on. Yeah, it's this and it's more. And it's, it's not a problem. See, certain people are wired this way, so we don't have to make them wrong or bad. Just say, hey, let's add some of this in too. You know, we're going to make chili. Let's put a little more spice in. I mean, it's just a, it's a recipe. It's to understand it and realize what people's strengths are and then say, yeah, but it could be something else. So, orange is a very popular energy. It's our individual evolution in our adolescence. It's time to question authority, to poke holes in established truths handed down by those in charge. And now we're back into I here, the individual. The ego reaches the peak of dominance here. It's all about achievement to measure success. We're very goal-oriented in orange with the belief that anyone can move up the ladder of success if they're willing to wear the mask and play the game. Orange says, I strive. I strive. I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps. A lot of, a lot of the um, intention setting and goal setting within our, our movement is very much orange and getting more, wanting more, uh, achieving our, our, our material successes. It's an orange activity so we can understand it. Where blue uses the stick to control. You're out of line. We're, I'm the authority. Whack, whack, whack. Orange uses the carrot to motivate. Oh, you want more? Come here. Take this class. Take this. Do this. Fit, fit into this. All that stuff. Yeah. Honest to God. So then along comes green. 150 years ago, green comes along. There's green right at the top. Top of tier one. And green says to orange and to blue, there's more to life. There's more to life than just having stuff. See, we're a green culture. I'm preaching to the green choir here right now. And so to understand ourselves, because the things that, the things that give us comfort, let's not let our good 
limit our grades. And when we can understand it, and we can hear it in the conversations and how we show up, we have a greater opportunity to continue to be transformed and to show up and be the people we've come here to be. And this all comes out of the work of Dr. Gary Simmons, which inspired this, is all this work I've done. We've brought him on as a mentor, and I've said, where does this, I want to understand this, because I want to teach it, and I want to understand it. So when people come up to me and ask questions, I have, uh, I have a better insight. So along comes green. Orange says we have all the toys, but it's not, it, is that all there is? And blue says authority is right. Orange says what works is right, and green says there's more to life than material success. Green is very aware of social inequality, the perils of consumerism, all the human rights, diversity, honoring all different perspectives, socially responsible, care of the environment, breaking free from conventional roles. Green says, I care. It's all heart. About impersonal relationships, interpersonal relationship, belonging, accepted connection. It's a social revolution inviting heart and mind together. Community, cooperation, relationship is valued over outcomes. So the most important thing that we can do in green is our relationships. That's it. Number one. Talked about it last week. You get your feelings hurt, let's slow everything down. Holy cow, becomes the priority. The problem with it, the challenge with it, it becomes paralyzing because we get so caught up in processing, we can't do anything else. And this has been my observation in, in, in this whole movement, not just within our community, but within our entire movement. And if we don't break free from this, we won't have a movement. I'm just telling you, because we're here to give birth to something that's beautiful and powerful. As Alice Hall was said at the beginning, there's a group of people that will come together, and I believe this community has been blessed by the information and the programs that we're, we're initiating. There's something that's seeking expression, and we can either be part of that culture revolution or we can say, that's too much. It is too painful. I can't, I, if, if I get my feelings hurt one more time, I just can't come back. You know why people leave? They get their feelings hurt. And so we don't have the capacity and the systems in place to help people because when we get our feelings hurt, it's actually a blessing because we got triggered and we get to go to work and transform it. Because if we're going to do it here, we're not going to be any good out in the world. Who are we going to help transform? Who are we going to lead down the path? Come and be with us. We'll get you so in touch with your heart, and then your feelings will get hurt. And then you'll leave over a period of time, and this is part of the pattern. And so that's why we're doing the queue. That's why we're doing spirit groups. That's why we're saying, man, there's so much more for us to do here. It's a beautiful thing. It's exciting, and I'm inspired by it. So Green says, I care. About, it's about the interpersonal. It's a social revolution because it's necessary. It broke down patterns. It gave birth to the heart. We have to have it. It's not a bad thing. It's just not the only thing. Community, cooperation, relationship is valued over outcomes. There's a sensitivity to feelings and empathy. It's all about human potential and spiritual development. A huge portion of people who are enrolled in new thought communities are centered in green. Our movement is very, very green. While orange is top-down management, green is bottom-up. Servant leader, let's get everybody's point of view. There is a discomfort in green without, with hierarchy of any kind. Everybody has a voice, and we're going to go back, and we're back to we. Group dynamic again. There's only one problem. While it's very idealistic, it doesn't work well in practice. It, while it's, it, it, green is powerful as a paradigm for breaking down old structures, not so good at formulating practical alternatives. We're so busy processing, we don't get anything done. So we hold hands and sing kumbaya and look lovingly into one another's eye. You're God. No, you're more God than I am. No, you're more God. 
And we go home, and then our neighbor calls us a name that's not God. <laughs> what happened? There we go. You're swaying, singing kumbaya. Yeah, you got the dance down and everything. So it's so powerful. What can happen with green, you get triangulation. Triangulation is person A goes to person C to talk about person B. And as, as the wonderful teacher Mary Madeline Morrissey says, it's poison. It's poison to a, to a culture. It's very prevalent in green. Let me tell you what so-and-so did to me. It's all about hurt feelings, betrayal, abandonment, whatever it may be, whatever's alive for us, which is there and come up for us to, to integrate and to heal. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want to exclude anyone politically correct to a fault. I just want everyone to be happy and feel affirmed. And unfortunately, all that affirmation can lead to narcissism. Do you want to know what tradition uh, Donald Trump was raised in? New thought. He was raised in our tradition. Him and his dad went every week, slow down. Went every week to hear Norman Vincent Peale, and Laura and I have been in New York City and gone by on the bus, so there's Norman Vincent Peale's church and Donald Trump. That's where he got married the first time. He's been married a few times. But what happens when we don't understand this, this idea, narcissism can take over. I think he was probably wired that way from the beginning. So we can become so narcissistic because when we're in green, we're the best. We're the best. We got it going on. It's love at all costs. Somebody got their feelings hurt. Stop the presses. We can't do anything because somebody's feelings got hurt. That's why we brought the cue to this community. It's like, this isn't a problem. This is a gift. Let's look at this. Let's transform this. Let's move forward together. Because what's happening, I'm going to talk about it next week. I don't have enough time this week, but I want you back here because I love you. And I don't want to give you so much information. This is a lot of information. I know that, folks. So what we find is that, that, that green and orange have, have a mutual contempt for one another. Have you noticed that? What it says is almost an allergy to one another. Orange looks at green and says, oh, you liberal snowflakes. You a bunch of do-gooders. Get out of here. And green looks at orange and says, you corporate corruption. You're destroying the earth. And we need both. If we don't have orange, man, green can't get off the mark. And without green, there's no heart in what orange is doing. So it's not about tearing it all down. It's not about judging. It's about understanding and have clarity of thought. That's enlightenment and saying, I need some more orange here. I shared with you last work. I was the worst orange businessman the planet has ever seen. In fact, I'm writing a book around how not to, how not to thrive as an orange businessman. Because <laughs> I was so orange and needy, I wanted everybody to love me. Oh, you're here doing our bathroom. Will you do our kitchen in our backyard too? You betcha. Because the most important thing in this relationship is that you love me. I mean, that's just creepy. <laughs> it's terrible. It's no way to be. Love me. I remember good old Charlie Bronson, who was one of my heroes, the actor, growing up, and they asked Charlie about friends because he didn't have a whole lot of friends. He said, I get my love from my family. I love my family. Charlie understood where his love was, where it was important. He could be green at home. I said last week with our grandkids, I get to be green all the way. I don't have to be orange with them. I don't charge my granddaughter for a hug. Not yet anyway, but <laughs> the point being is it's important to know this stuff. It's important to hold it in a way and say, we're integrating all of it. 
We need all of it. It's not that we throw it away. It's actually what's happened culturally happens to us individually. Red, I've got some slides here for you. So red is the wolf pack. There they are. Blue is the army. There the boys are. Orange is the machine. And green is the family. There's nothing better or worse of any of these memes. So these are what are called memes, which are cultural patterns, is all a meme means. There's nothing better or worse than any of these memes. Just as adolescence is no better than toddler, use that example a few times, we all, we all wear every one of these worldview glasses. Right there. We all wear them at times. Attachment to a viewpoint is the greatest deterrent to the emergence of a new way of being. And why I share it with you is I want to celebrate green. I want to be in the green. But I also want to be in all the others, and I want to be able to give birth to what is emerging. And in order for us to do that and step into it, we have to integrate. We have to integrate all these memes. We have to integrate our shadow. He said, as we move through the various memes, we transcend and include the previous ones so that we can find a little bit of each of us within these. We may be blue in our home and orange in our work and green in our spiritual community. And if we find, so this is key, if we find we have an aversion or an allergy to an earlier meme, it simply means we have not completely integrated that particular meme into our lives. So when we look out and we see blue going on, and we don't like it, it means we haven't integrated the blue. So it's not about making it wrong, it's about, oh, it's about integrating it. And looking within our own practice to say, where am I blue? Where am I loyal to a, a fault? Where, where do I need to be the authority? Or where am I uh, subjected to, to someone else's authority? And so it's, it's, it's being in those questions rather than being in the judgments. Because tier one is about behavior. Tier two, which I said we're going to talk about next week, which is yellow, turquoise, and coral. Tier two we're going to talk about next week. Because that's where we're going. That's what's happening. And the interesting thing I want to share with you I did pretty good at this, a lot of information. I hope I didn't overwhelm you. And I'm going to review it again. I'll be done in another minute and 30 seconds here. And then we'll get into some orange practice, the passing the basket. So really crank up your orange while we're passing the basket today. So, but those are new. Tier two has not been given birth yet on the planet. About 5% of the population is blue. I'm sorry, is yellow. It came up 50 years ago. There's a, there's a chart there. So beige, 250,000. Purple, 50,000 years ago. Red, 10,000. Blue, 5,000. Orange, 300 years ago. Green, 150 years ago. Yellow, 50 years ago. And turquoise, 30 years ago. So where we're heading. We're giving birth to that. We can do it consciously or we can be dragged along kicking and screaming. Isn't it interesting that the times between are getting shorter and shorter? It's the acceleration of consciousness upon the planet. And so we either, we either be, we're either part of this, this, this transformation team or we're not. And you know what? It's okay if we're not. Because someone else will step up and fill the void. We don't have to. But I don't think that we're going through what we're going through as a community, as a spiritual community, is an accident. It's by divine right appointment for you and I to empower ourselves and to realize that we're part of this cultural birthing. That's why we're here. And I've watched this spin and spin in, in the green. And, and to understand the trap of green, that's the unhealthy green. And it's okay. But let's just not keep doing it over and over again. Let's pull ourselves up. Let's do our integration. Let's do our, let's do our shadow integration. 
Let's, let's be in our spirit groups and do outreach and help people and go out there integrated so people go, what's up with you? You're not triggered and angry like everybody else I know. Well, I go to the Center for Spiritual Living and we don't support this. We decide who we're going to be, who we've come here to be. We've got to give our life's direction. We have to court the presence and apply the principles, as Dr. Holmes said. And to be able to have compassion for one another. So now we have a common language. So someone gets triggered, we say, have you done your cue sheet on that? Have you looked at integrating that? Because that's just trapped energy. That's a part of us that gets triggered because we haven't embodied it all. So we are a transformation transition team. And the tools that we offer, I've just talked about, integration. That's the cue process. We've got another one coming up. We've, we've got that class full. We're limiting it to 10 people right now because we know we've been instructed by the people that are coaching us. There's eight of us here that have gone through the facilitation. Good morning, Joseph. Spirit groups. Lil's going to get up uh, at, at the end and talk about that, and we're going to do this the, the rest of the time today. We're not going to do this. We're going to get together and do spiritual practice through the power of eight. And our spirit groups have a phenomenal program. And then next week, we're going to talk about second-tier qualities of being. So I'm going to look, I'm going to bring with my, with uh, next week, what the qualities of being look like for tier one and what they look like for tier two. Because when we understand behavior, then we can understand which direction we want to work in. And it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being so bright and aware. And we're going to talk about this information more and more. Because it's such a core piece of what's happening, what's given birth here within our, our spiritual community. So I'm really, really on fire. I'm just, I'm just so happy to have this wisdom and perspective so I don't get overwhelmed by the chaos. You know, now the big thing I was watching this morning, I gotta stop turning on YouTube. You know, it's Trump and the new, the new uh, Supreme Court judge. It's gonna, everybody's up in arms. It's like, you know what? This is how we evolve. We've had orange and blue leaders before. And he's tapped into that with the culture, and that's the language. And, and we struggle, because every once in a while it looks a little green, and we get up optimistic. Maybe he's on a new med, who knows? <laughs> but the point is, it's a, it, it, I can't do his agenda for him. I can only do mine. I can only do mine. And so thank you for being part of that with me. Thank you for joining us in, in the, this effort to make a difference. This is, this is such an honor and a privilege to be alive at this time and to have the information we have and to call into our experience the, the insight and the intelligence and some of the systems that give us perspective so we can stand in enlightenment, which is clear-mindedness. Clear-mindedness. So thank you guys so much. Blessings. <laughs>